1: Inside the battle over school food and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org.
2: Hi, my name is Sam Ben Ruby, and I'm the host of The Grape Nation on Heritage Radio Network. With this show, we bring wine to the people. Each week, we bring the best guests in wine on, taste different wines on air, and invite our listeners to taste with us. You'll find our approach to wine decidedly unsnobby. You can find The Grape Nation wherever you listen to podcasts and on Heritage Radio Network. Welcome to the Raw Wine Fair and the Speaker's Corner. I'm Sam Ben-Ruby from the Grape Nation on Heritage Radio Network. Just a sidebar, Heritage is recording everything, so you can go back and listen to this if you go to HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Today for our Natural Wine Legends series, we'll be celebrating the wines, the work of Lorenzo Carino, and we'll be tasting some amazing wines dating back to 1967. But I have the great fortune of a dear friend, Isabel Lageron, who puts the Raw Wine Fair together. She'd like to say a few words.
3: Thank you. Yeah, I won't take up to any of your time. Um, thank you. So I just wanted to just give a, a little bit of a foreword and why for me this was very special. In fact, thank you, Sam, because I think Sam. For me he's an incredibly sensitive uh, journalist and uh, I thought when, when I knew that Lorenzo was able to come that actually Sam would be really perfect uh, to understand the work of, of Lorenzo. So thank you for, for being here and, and leading this tasting. Um, for me this is really special because I've known Lorenzo now for quite a few years and I can say that we've become very good friends and sp- spending you know, quite a lot of time together and, and having the, the privilege to taste a lot of his wines. And for me, what was really, in a way, striking but also quite shocking, uh, was to realise how little Lorenzo's work, the wines, were were known. Uh, You know, Lorenzo's been making really natural, hundred percent, you know, fruit juice for decades. Um, and has a tremendous legacy of, 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 of amazing farming, amazing winemaking, you know, without any addition, as you'll see, tasting the 67. Um, and I just thought we, it's time to celebrate what Lorenzo is doing uh, and, and appreciate, you know, the, the, the amazing work and the amazing wines. And, and I'm really grateful that you came. I know that, you know, he's a long way from, from Piedmont, and for you, it's a, it's a big deal to travel so I'm really grateful
2: and you're schlepping him to Miami
3: and and he's coming to Miami as well but that's just for the sun everybody's coming to Miami for the sun Um, that's right (laughs) um, so thank you for for your interest and being here to share these wines with us and thank you for bringing all these amazing wines and uh, without any further ado I will leave you guys to it, doing a great job thank you very much everyone thank you
2: All right, let's get started. We have a lot to talk about and we got a lot of really good wines to drink. First let me give you a little quick intro on Lorenzo. One of the toughest things when you do an interview is doing the intro. It's the shortest thing you do, but it's the hardest thing because you want to get the information in. The problem with Lorenzo is he's so goddamn prolific, there's so much to say. So this is a fairly long intro, but it'll cover everything and we're going to cover a lot of this. Lorenzo Carino is a sixth generation winemaker at Casa Carino and Costiglioli d'Aste in Piedmont, Italy. After graduating from agricultural science in 1972, Lorenzo began a career as a researcher in Rome and at Cambridge, England. Lorenzo Carino has conducted research in numerous areas from the management of viticulture and plant soil. Vegetative reproductive balance, climate trends, and the behavior of grape varieties and rootstocks in relation to the environment, to the biological system of the vineyard as a whole. He has undertaken these technical studies around the world. Lorenzo is the author or co author of more than 90 technical and scientific publications on viticulture. His expertise in farming production is more in harmony with the rural world and with particular attention to management through organic methods creating his Metodo Corino, which we're going to talk about. Lorenzo also runs the Viticulture Project at winery Fattoria La Maliosa in Tuscany. Antonella is here joining us um, since 2013, and his recent book, The Essence of Wine and Natural Viticulture is currently out right now. Lorenzo, thank you for joining. Thanks. us at the speaker's corner. Lorenzo wanted to say a few things before we get started.
4: Thanks a lot. You, you have been saying that the wine gets, take us emotion, I'm very, I'm very em- in monos- emotional state. I, I would like to, to read a short statement. Sorry for my English, I, I try my best, but uh, first I have to thank Isabel uh, in my knowledge, for the first example to promote wine out of conventional wine making. This is a great step, having brought an epochal change in the world of wine, determining the important growth of this new segment, and giving legitimacy to this wine. So uh, this is in capital word, thank you. (laughs) At the end of my career, I'm happy to see that my story, because during my career, very few people were talking about sustainability, especially in wine production. I'm happy to see that my story and the story of the wine have come full circle back to its true beginning. That is fantastic for me. Starting in the 60s and and coming now. Was as well great when I was retired to create an unexpected creative phase of my life that allowed me to continue my research and write my books supported by very good friends. This is what I would like to say, first of all. Done? Done.
2: (laughs) That was good. No, I'm I'm a bit joking, but uh, here- I mean, all your papers and your books are so long and technical, (laughs) I figured the speech would be. You see, best is to be short. There you go. Oh,
4: and uh, I know. And uh, we have the, I was stimulated, so here we will taste Starting from my first vintage, I was 19, so many years ago. That was 1967 and down to we're, more recent
2: year. We're going to save that for last. Right? We're going to taste through and that'll be special. Um, Lorenzo, help give everyone a little context of who you are. Give us a little history of the family and the winery. You don't yeah. have to go way back, but just so everyone knows. Yeah,
4: just a few words. The 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 documents talking about us starting 1846 in that specifically in that place with my great 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 father five six Batista five Batista and then Luigi uh, and then Chenting that is a name of the wine. Pierino and me. And now, now very likely, my, my sanguino.
2: We'll get into that. We
4: have never been wine producer only. We have been farming, and wine production was the main economic place. But we have been artisans, so doing something different. For example, my great-great-grandfather was, was preparing watches, we are close to the mountain that was, in the past, was very common. My grandfather was artisan of the iron. My father was um, cabinet uh, Menizier. Uh, Menizier? Minister. Uh, okay. And um, me, I did the research and working at National Research Institute. So we are... All
2: right, so we're up to the current. Yeah. Um, was the first wine poured? Does everyone have it? Do you think uh, Lorenzo and I can get a little up here? <laughs> can we get a little taste up here? All right, so Lorenzo, let's. we're going to talk about a lot of things, but let's talk about the wines while we're talking about everything. The first wine we're going to be tasting is the Barla. Yes. The 1996? Yes. All right, so tell us a little um, about the wine, great yeah. vintage year.
4: Barla is a plot, is written in the map. Barla, because in that specific place, there was a monastery in the past. Is about 2 hectares and 36, and is uh, was planted in 1928. 20, So it's pretty old now. And um, we are in um, calcareous and sandy. So it's mixed calcareous sandy soil, uh, very suitable for for the gray variety, Barbera.
2: What was the vintage year like that year?
4: In 96, uh, by the way, you should have some sheets Talking about climatic condition, maybe you have not.
2: We don't have one for everybody, so there's at least a couple on the table. So just 96 share
4: was not a very hot year. Uh, I would like to say very regular year for raining and for uh, for eating as well. It was a Winkler index it was around 1,600, so it was a very regular year and. Uh, uh, the yield as well was a bit less than
2: usual. Um, tell me tell me something I'm very curious about. You have pretty much devoted your life to agronomy and viticulture. There had to be a point in your life where you put your head down and said, this is what I'm going to be doing. When was that and why? Because you yeah. certainly haven't looked back. I mean, what influenced you to really... Uh, go forward with that
4: yeah i realized that uh, that soil is uh, is the uh, best way to start to produce a great a great wine so to care a lot about soil the variability you have in the soil the flora variability you have so that is the first start and then uh, to care a lot about pruning
2: Explain what pruning is. I think a lot of people know, but tell them what it is and and how you do it.
4: Choose the right cane for the future. Uh, As vine, uh, vine fertility start the year before. For example, this year 19 in June, if if we look at the buds, we have uh, approximately the estimated fertility we will have in 20. So you have to be some expertise and right. some experience on that.
2: Right. Um, so your work is really in the vineyard, the soil. Yeah. I mean, the best wines so- are made with consideration to the soil. I mean, it's a living organism, right? Absolutely,
4: it's a complexity that we we never know it completely. It's such a such an enormous complexity. We call that. Biological soil
2: complexity. So the problem is most people are not thinking sustainable or taking care of the soil. Yeah. And two things, it affects the wine and it also affects affects the environment.
4: Both, yes, I agree totally. Um, uh, the, the real task is to, to try um, to do the job without disturbing too much the living soil. And this is not, it's not so easy. So you, we, can, we can choose different way of working but mainly to, to keep flora on, on the soil all through the year the natural flora coming every season. So you have the fl- winter flora, f- spring flora. For example, at spring, you have yellow flowers. At summer, you have more more red colors. And autumn, you, you have again uh, yellow flowers. So, so that is good for, for bees and any kind of butterflies and, and insect
2: of any. So if you have a vineyard, and you want to follow that practice, are you planting all this flora or is it natural or is it a little of both?
4: In my experience, we do not have to sow or to plant flora because flora is coming from specifically from, from, the, from the plot. So from one place to another will change. Right. So in your surface, in your, in your plot, you have different flora. So you have variability, bio-variability, and that, that absolutely is a must. You can't sow, for example, one species of flora only. It's better to leave and gradually comes great variability.
2: What happens? Botanically speaking, sorry. Right. What happens in a vineyard if somebody after World War II started using pesticides oh, and yeah. basically kill the living organism? Yeah. Can you bring it back? And do you have to introduce the flora or is it a lost project?
4: Uh, it takes long. To, to destroy is quite, quite easy and quick, but to come back uh, in my experience of course uh, i don't like to generalize but in my experience at least it takes uh, 10 15 years to to come back and you have to look to look not just at the flora but but uh, the beetles and any kind of uh, butterflies are um, the, the index biological index and the variability of butterflies you have that's important very easy very easy. anybody can do that so that just going a vineyard and look around if butterflies are there and which one
2: so that means if you're thinking of um, growing grapes in a vineyard and you take on a plot like that it'll take you a dozen plus years before you can get the soil to a point where you would even plant
4: Yeah, but that uh, you see, soil uh, doesn't know we we are there. (laughs) Sorry to say that. That means it's easy to 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 destroy, to modify. So, in um, if we are talking about a cereal or a grass annual cultivation, but we are talking about a tree, a long tree living uh, uh, many decades so we have more be careful about uh, botanic situation right Uh, to live with to spare the space because we we, uh, vine is not a tree uh, sorry is a liana Uh, liana
2: you understand antonella what does he mean like almost like a vine, or yes. that grows? Yes, around, right. On a problem. tree, or on a trellis, yeah. or Thanks. something. Yeah. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not a tree, the vines. Uh, so you have to care more, because a liana is much more uh, uh, sensible, and easy to, to decay.
2: All right, let's, um, let's finish up on this wine. This, this is Barbera d'Asti, right?
4: Yeah.
2: So I, basically I, you're making Barberas, but Barbera da Asti only, uh, and a Barolo, and Barolo. Uh,
4: yeah, but but basically, I prefer to keep the name of my plot first. My brand is that Barla is the name of a plot, right? And is in the Asti region. Yes, you're right.
2: Right, and but the grape is Barbera absolutely Barbera. All. All right. So let's just this wine is holding up very well. You can tell from the nose and the body, right? Does it have the typical characteristics sure. of um, a Barbera? What happens with age, the fruit? Uh,
4: Barbera character is the antishan is uh, quite strong. That means malvidin, So it's, it's the, the decay is very slow. So we are talking about the wine. Uh, and, um, and this should be as well balanced in the acidity. So and a uh, quite great complexity at the same time.
2: What um what are good foods to pair this with?
4: Basically you can drink itself, in my opinion. <laughs> okay. Uh after dinner.
2: Yeah. Uh, and then you could drink it as an after dinner. Yeah. Right.
4: Yeah, when it's How about getting old. Yeah. To relax and then to enjoy with some, any kind of uh, of food, any kind of food
2: as well. Does, when you talk about older barbaras and you think about pairing it, is there yeah. a difference between older and younger? I mean, obviously, Absolutely. you're it's talking good. about drinking this almost as an after dinner drink. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. A younger no. one, you wouldn't <laughs> handle the same
4: way, right? Absolutely, it's like us. I think wine <laughs> and us is a life. So when we are young, we are uh, <laughs> we are different. Can I just say that? So getting old, uh, you, you, you've got more roots.
2: Hmm? More experience, can I say? Just this is uh, a beautiful wine, and the next wine we're going to taste is a 1997. So you're looking at the same wine with uh, a year difference in the vintage, and then we're going to jump about six years. Um, I think one of the things that you've done, and that's a trademark and an important thing. You developed a thing called the, and help me with my pronunciation, Metodo Carino, Yes, I guess is Method right. Carino. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's a lifelong work. Yeah. Um, tell everyone what it is and how it's applied. Yeah.
4: Uh, I have some some capital
2: words here, Okay. can I read? Yeah, I mean let's get into it because there's a lot of aspects <laughs> and we'll discuss those aspects. Uh,
4: normally we, we call natural wine. What means
2: natural wine? That's the question of the day.
4: So we started from that because in nature in uh, nothing is natural, all is competition. Uh, if you look outside, uh, for the, in flora as well, if you leave uh, un- uncultivated field, <clears throat> gradually is getting wood, forest, gradually. So it's a competition in, be- in between different botanics and different trees. But <clears throat> so low intervention in my, in my opinion, low minimal intervention in, in preparing grapes and wine is much more correct. Is this in the cellar? Everywhere. In the, in the vineyard, field? In the field and in the cellar. Low intervention anyway. But we are... Uh, we know very so well So let's talk about,
2: about low intervention in the vineyard. We know that's not an application of chemicals. What else?
4: Yeah, not just. Do not disturb uh, soil... Uh, do not disturb uh, biology that we have in the vineyard, and uh, try to live with pathogen, but, but to survive at the same time.
2: For but example... You, sorry. But, no, you even take it to the point where you don't even till the soil, right? Absolutely. It's disruptive. Why?
4: Yes. looking nature. The soil is not plowed.
2: The soil started so to So if be it's plowed. not done, you don't do it. You let it <laughs> go through its... Yeah,
4: because uh, look outside, the best soil, where is the best soil? The best soil is in the forest. It's not don't where, tell where me, is Brooklyn. the farm. In the farm, we are producing and, and destroying the soil. Right. At best if you need to prepare a pot of flour to give to your wife, where you go? You go in the forest to, 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 to find some good soil, don't you? And that is not plow.
2: <laughs> Sorry so, uh, the problem is, is that we have interacted with the soil too much. <laughs> yes. So you talked yes. about how you could bring yes. it back in 12, yes. or years, but yes. the, the metodo corino. No,
4: no. Now, now no, I explain more. No, no, just I would like to say that plowing is not the best way. Yeah. Yeah. Is not the best way to to keep fertility of the soil. Plowing. We should slow down, we talk today as well, uh, short seeding and, and many, but I don't go there. So, method is uh, to give transparency, Th- this was, <clears throat> to the process for the production of grapes and wine, uh, give, giving transparency. Represent as well an humanized system with minimal environment impact, and constitute a significant step in technological development, and at the same time, a fascinating return to origin, quality, and possibly to excellence. So the main main characteristics. Do you understand me?
2: I do. No,
4: just because, sorry, but...
2: We're taping this, so I can listen to it again later.
4: So, main essential characteristics. Historical grapes variety only. That, that is a really a great step.
2: What does that mean? No, Means, no cloning or grafting? Yes.
4: No, for example... In like, my, like
2: heirloom heritage in a way yes okay
4: yes yes Uh, so historical gray variety not for example a variety that is running all over the the globe and the same name and different terroir. closed vegetal cycle in the farm
2: what does that mean
4: that means uh, do not use animal uh, product; just vegetable product.
2: You mean manures and things like yes, that? Yes. Yes. So just natural vegetable. Just what's natural, The flora that exists. Botanica in flora. Okay.
4: Minimum intervention in the vineyard. And concerning the cellar, I'm briefly. Eh? And concerning the cellar, it, no no addition in the cellar, as well as sulphur dioxide, nothing. Zero sulphur. Zero.
2: So your wines are zero sulfur? Yes. So this 1997? Yes, yes. No sulfur.
4: No sulfur on it. Just to to show that it's possible to produce without any additive. Of course, not every year. For example, recently 14 for us was very hard and we lost 80% of the production.
2: Hard or hot? Hard? Hard. Well, tough vintage? Yeah. Okay.
4: Yeah, because it was wet and, and right. no summer, so we lost. But that, that happens. So.
2: Because of the choice of not using a sulfur yeah. to protect the crop. Yeah. Now, sulfur exists naturally yes. to some extent on yeah. grapes, and to some extent that'll help and save the grape. But yep. in a tough year, like you said.
4: Yeah, but you can't, you can't go against when it's too hard, you see. Right. You fight a bit, but you are a loser. Right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Lorenzo, we have the 1997 in front of us. We it just... was a
4: great year. I was very happy at that time. Very. More
2: happy. than 96? <laughs> <laughs>
4: More in 97, 97. definitely, okay. because it was very hot. And it probably is the first year of what we call today climatic change. 97 was probably, so, so if you look
2: at You in, can in, identify 97 yes. as the beginning of a recognition or a noticing of climate change.
4: It's written in is written in, Wh- Why, because it was very hot? was very hot, it was around
2: Unseasonably hot. Yes, yes.
4: And I remember very well because uh, as well during the, the grape harvest, it was always uh, Very nice evening and the stars and I remember that look, I'm really funny.
2: So did, because you recognized that then and there, obviously, from then on. It was unbelievable
4: at that time.
2: Did you have to change what you did that year? Did you have to harvest earlier or? No. It was business as usual. I
4: never, I never been following the, the weather. I always have been uh, harvesting at uh, normal, regular time. For example, uh, we will have after 2003, it was, um, it was very dry, very, very dry. Most of people were picking one month before, and I stayed there, and then uh, it was raining a bit, and I did the harvest after the rain.
2: The rain screwed everything up. Um, all right, so this wine...
4: 67 years,
2: yeah. The difference, you love this vintage, the difference, how would you explain the difference in the wines? Just because people have had both wines, how all the conditions affect the wine and what we're tasting.
4: It's really normal, very, very special evolution in Barbera, pretty elegant, and still there. Very elegant. So it's, uh, it's not declining. This is my, Very nice. I was younger, you see, I was happy.
2: When you talk about uh, your method, Metodo Corino, you also talk about soil capital. Is that Absolutely. the same thing or what is soil capital? It's
4: a capital that you put in the bank.
2: <laughs> no.
4: <laughs> yes, the soil is a, is a capital.
2: You can, if you, it's it, the most important part and valuable part of it, what you're doing. So that's it, it's the value.
4: Is um, more than
2: 50 percent of your work. The side, the good soil. This is even before you're planting vines. Absolutely. So you need proper soil. Absolutely. Proper vines. Proper. But so that's what soil more, capital is, you start with yeah, the soil.
4: Yeah, yeah, and uh, every year you take something out, so you have to be careful not to, to, to stress.
2: What, you know, I've read time and time again with you how important, and this is kind of nerdy, but when you read things, you talk about calcium so much. Yeah. I've never seen anyone talk about calcium and the importance of calcium in the soil. Am I overstating that, or is it that important?
4: Uh, calcium is good for, for our bones. Do you agree, I hope? I do. Uh, and calcium is, is, if you look at the in worldwide, everywhere where vines are grown, mostly of soil, are calcareous marn and, and soil. So where acidity, the vine are grown, the, the wine taste is totally different. So, in I have uh, my experience. Of course, I have not uh, just that. So, in my experience, calcium helps a lot in in the in the wine complexity, stability, longevity. Uh, and I would like to taste, abs-
2: and then taste, absolutely. So do wines that grow in regions that are not as calcium-rich as other, yeah. does that make it a little less complex wine? or
4: I, I, You know very well, what goes calcium goes in the skin, and the skin is the fingerprint of the variety.
2: So the skin of the So the, the
4: structure of the skin makes makes identity of the variety. So you, if you have a thicker skin, you, you are prepared to have a great wine. If it's thin,
2: of course, you, you have a, a less
4: uh, aging
2: wine. But can't you argue one of the great wines is Pinot Noir yeah. as far as ageability and it's a thin skin wine? No, Pinot it's Noir is not, a,
4: that, not a, a thin skin. It, uh, it comes... Thin if I thought it, compared
2: it, to a Bordeaux grape, oh yeah, Cabernet
4: and Merlot are thicker, thicker. thicker.
2: but it's thick enough. Pinot thick no, enough.
4: The thin skin is Barbera. Is is for that you have to care a lot to make it thicker. So Barbera is very that? very sensitive. It's very
2: delicate. So how do you? What do you have to do to take that into consideration? You have to choose the
4: right soil. A lot of so it marl. goes back to the soil. Yeah, we are back to the soil.
2: Now, marl is a good yeah, byproduct of the yeah, soil for that. Yeah,
4: yeah. For example, where wine comes, it was it was the sea before, so it's a platform coming from the sea. So it's a, a right. lot of calcareous
2: right. um, calcium. You know, obviously, the work in the vineyard is so important. If if the work in the vineyard is not done properly, that forces winemakers to manipulate in the cellar. What are some of the things, you know, that can be manipulated?
4: Um, uh, uh, you have to combine, to, it's uh, very critical to reach uh, um, a very ripe bunch that your work. And that is a must. Right. That is your work. Okay. So you're starting from the soil and then taking care of the shadow and sun so, and vegetation. So is, uh, In the cellar, you can do nothing. the cellar, you lose. You, 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 in natural you wine, mean t-
2: you lose because you're taking away or deleting? Yes,
4: something. If it's 100, mm-hmm. your bunch in the cellar is, is getting less. It's for that people are...
2: are, are, um, But I guess I'm thinking the other thing. If people are making a wine and they're not doing proper vineyard practices, then they're going to go in the cellar and manipulate the lead, acid, sugars, and all of that. Um, If done properly, you don't need to do that. Absolutely not.
4: What I repeat, what, what, what we must is to produce... Great bunches, that all bunches of grapes. Grapes, sorry, bunches of grapes, <laughs> I get it. Uh, and uh, proper bunches of grapes. And then follow, follow because we have great friends in the in the, in the cellar. We have the yeast; is doing our work. We do not we do not need to to. The all, yeast is doing our work. Just we follow, we take. All indigenous
2: yeast, all that exists absolutely. on the grapes and in yeah, the. That's community. a
4: great chapter because we need all the, the family, the yeast is a fantastic uh, variability. So the first yeast working in our fermentation is to produce acetic acid. So it looks like vinegar. Mm-hmm. If you go on top of your. Uh, <clears throat> of your barrel, you feel you feel vinegar at the beginning. But that is a starter. That changes. that evolves. Yes, uh, sorry you know about. I don't like to go deeper, but you know.
2: But just so everyone knows, um, some people add yeast to their wines and yeah. that's a manipulation because they're picking what kinds of yeast. yeast. Yeast that occurs naturally is just in the air and on the grape skins and around, right? There's nothing more you can do than to just crush the grapes and let the the yeast. They are
4: there waiting you, yeah. Waiting
2: sugar huh? is, right. is their food. You never add anything else. No.
4: But yeast is everywhere, I'm sure. In, in this room is plenty. The yeast, we are lucky because the yeast is, is uh, fermentation is the best phenomena We can understand, it's everywhere. The forest outside the soil is is changing sugar to more stable molecule.
2: Does anything ever affect the yeast? If it's very rainy or weather? You're right. Can it raise or lower the level Uh, of the available yeast?
4: uh, The research show us that most of yeast are not in the bunches.
2: Where are, mm. where are they? Are
4: in the soil, ah. are on the plant, are in your cellar. So it's everywhere. So it's not exactly... When you
2: say in the cellar, literally in the air or yes. in the barrel? Yes, yes, in the barrel, of course. So when you say it's in the soil, it transfers as it grows from the soil to the vine? Yeah. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. And that.
4: Uh, can I just say, to, to prove the, the soil quality, please... Um, mm. Uh, try to, to smell.
2: Smell the soil? Smell the
4: soil. And what are we looking for? For uh, finesse. No funny funny taste. You can eat as well, sorry. Uh, but um, eat y- dirt. you feel you feel very... Y- you like.
2: There should be no off-putting odor. or yes, yes. If it's natural and normal. Yes, yes. If it's treated, you'll get different yeah. things and all that. So the smell is
4: important to to immediately, to realize as was the work done by the farmer.
2: All right, so Lorenzo, let's get everyone to pour the 2003. Um, That's the third of our fourth Barla. Um, The fourth one's actually gonna be a little different because it's a late harvest. Um, And let's talk about that. What I wanted to ask you about, and I ask everyone this, and you can answer this as well or better than anyone, is the change in climate, how is that affecting how we're growing grapes, how it's affecting the soil, how you're farming, your timing, everything that's involved with that. Now, I hope we're not getting too nerdy for you. But this is no, Lorenzo's specialty. So we got to dig deep into his specialty. Uh,
4: you know. <laughs> We will talk after about yeah. 2003. but talk to me
2: about climate change, it's, yeah. it's, it's not the issue of the day, it's the problem no. of the future.
4: Now the problem of the future is pollution, in my opinion. Well,
2: that has something to do with climate change. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
4: the climate has been changing uh, in Europe, I don't know, here in the USA, but in Europe at least has been changing three times during Roman period was definitely hotter than today. And, okay. and, uh, and Roman people were going with sandals, now everywhere in and Northern to- Europe. And
2: togas. And
4: togas, <laughs> that's right. To Northern Europe. And uh, the second hot period was medieval period. No, no glacier in the Alps, nothing so uh, you, you at that period it was possible to pass the Alps without any difficulties. and then we had a, a we call late glaciation in between one thousand five hundred until one thousand eight hundred and fifty. That was a cooler period, plenty of diseases as well in Italy we have a we have a right, Manzoni was talking about human diseases and so on. So <clears throat> I think is a great, great subject. And um, it's not
2: easy. But that that sort of leads to something cyclical. Yeah. It's not that it's yeah. gotten warmer or colder. Yes, it's the, cyclical, the, the, Absolutely. It's cyclical. Absolutely. Which which Naysayers will say, hey, it's cyclical, what are you worried yeah. about? But that's not the answer. What's the problem with climate change?
4: <laughs> the problem is, is uh, we can do very little except, of course, pollution. That is a must. We should do definitely that, no, no words. And uh, concerning um, agriculture, we can do much better. Soil
2: sustainability?
4: Because agriculture is responsible of uh, at least more than 20% of all CO2 in in the air. So it's dramatically.
2: Now is that from? they, They are telling me
4: 24. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Twenty-four? <laughs> <24? laughs> now is that from So
4: agriculture is polluting a lot. Cows, pigs, yes, animals, things yes. like that, Cattles, methane gas? Yes. And wine as well. How? Because they are plowing, they are putting herbicide. They are
2: so the way that you have farmed... If everyone did that, we would be in a better place, obviously. Absolutely. With respect.
4: I, I'm, uh, I guess we can produce the same food in quantity and, and probably to improve quality with a less environment and impact. This we should talk to, to people more in a convenient way and to explain. Yeah, and the, of course, in economical reason, is not
2: just... So when you look at the Barolo region and you look at a lot of the growers, are they practicing um, sustainability or you're frustrated that a lot of people don't participate?
4: No. Um, you see, when you get too much money, you, you get crazy and you do, do, not, do not think a lot about what to do best. But.
2: Um, like what are some crazy things when you get a lot of money? <laughs> you just they, buy pesticides they, or they make do a big ca- modern winery? They, or? they
4: do not care enough, you see, about the environment. They've made their money. It's about yeah, the money. money. It's not yeah. about the core yeah, uh, thing and all of that. But, but um, we can't avoid, you see, for the future to be in that direction and absolutely... To, to get better,
2: but because at the
4: end you you get better better situation,
2: right, in the wine as well, All right. Lorenzo. Let's taste this Barla 2003. We jumped from a 1997 to 2003, so the first two wines were back-to-back vintages. This is now six years later. What are we tasting and seeing in this wine? This
4: was uh, uh, not just hot. Very very hot in my life. The first time I, I, I saw so you, you know Winkler index is the sum of the the average temperature above 10 from April to October. So this year was more than two, 2,150. So exceptional. Wow. In in, in the
2: uh, what's it called? The Winkler index. Winkler
4: is um, was um, a biologist from California, and he, he did a study to to test the year the energy of every year uh-huh. during the the production
2: season. Ah. Uh-huh. So. so this, this year was off the charts.
4: Absolutely, completely, and and in, what does that do to the wine? Uh, uh, most of people have been uh, harvesting pretty early. early because, to because get it off. The yeah, vine. because the the grapes was uh, getting late harvest. You see, but uh, I I didn't. So and I was lucky because at the beginning of October. Why um, didn't you just? No, because...
2: To stay the course of what you normally do or you felt...
4: Because when it's too hot, do not harvest. Right. And when the plant is stressed, do anything, leave. Just leave to relax. And
2: hope it will pass?
4: Yeah. And I was lucky because it came two days rain and was very fantastic.
2: So what characteristics did that situation give this wine? Um how much different is it because of those conditions?
4: I, I think is um' it's finesse. I would like just finesse.
2: there's because of that it's yeah. a very finessed wine.
4: Relax and see you tomorrow. That means uh, <laughs> okay. when we are stressed, it's better to to stop and to take a take a while.
2: Now this is. A 2003. Do you like this? I love everything. I wouldn't be here. Um, We tasted it in 96, 97, 2003. What kind of ageability are we talking about with these wines? This wine could sit in the cellar, or how much longer?
4: I think um, 20 years more.
2: Without compromising the food and the the finesse. Of
4: course it's aging. Yeah, it's a different
2: wine, but it can handle yeah, 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 yeah those ages. Mm -hmm. Can you, can
4: you, can some of you can understand that this is a Barbera.
2: Barbera Uh and no sulfur. No sulfur. And 16 years old. Pretty remarkable. All right. The last Barla is a 2011. It's a late harvest, which you'll explain to everybody. No, it's not here, I think it's it's a a mistake. What do we have instead? Nine. Which one? Sorry, guys. So it is... Oh, yeah. Yeah.
4: Yeah. That is Nebbiolo.
2: Okay. Yeah. 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 So let's pour that and let's, let's talk about to, that.
4: To compare.
2: Yeah. Let's Sorry, talk about, sure. let's talk about Casa Carino, your winery. Um, tell me a little about where you spend most of your time. Um, how big is it? Where is it?
4: Is um. Uh, Casa Corini because it was the last house built in the region and was built in between 1880 uh, and 1895, so it took 15 years <laughs> to be built. Yes, uh, and uh, there is the, the cellar is under the house, underneath the house. The house is 24 meters long. One part is uh, for people, so um, um, so the cellar is underneath, and up is um, the fireplace, and and, at the end, all the rural part. The first first, uh, floor is a kitchen, and rooms, sleeping rooms, and dining rooms, and up. So it's two floors. Is that where you live? I was born there. You were born there? I was the last okay. to be born there. In the past, I was not used to go to the hospital.
2: <laughs> where, where are the winemaking facilities? Where do you make the wine? I
4: made the wine in the cellar. In the he, cellar yes. where you
2: stored everything? Yes, yes. Um, how much property do you have? How many hectares?
4: I have, um, we have uh, 7.3 hectares and everything that you make comes from there or you have other properties? No, no, we have just that for the moment. And uh, uh, um, 70% is Barbera and then uh, Nebbiolo. Just those two grapes? Yeah. No, we have some others. I have an experimental. But predominantly, Barbera yeah, yeah, definitely. And because I, mean, I the have Barla the Barla is the Barbera. An experimental this, vineyard where I have different uh, local varieties. That is just just for me.
2: All right. So the next wine we're going to taste is which one is Chenting 2003. Oh, okay. It? Right. So we skipped the Barla 2000. So the Chenting 2003. So oh, we, that. Oh no, Barla 2000. We just, we just had. We had that. So now we, we don't have the 2011. We're going to do the Chentin 2003, right? Yes. Wait. Now I'm confused. We just had the Chentin? Okay. Forgive me, everybody, because I was given a list. We had the Centine, which was the Nebbiolo. Now we're going to try the 2003 Barla. Is everybody on the same page now? I don't want you to screw How this you up. Lost? These wines are too important for me to screw it up. So this is the Barla 2003. This is um, the Barbera. Let's go. All right, so just so everyone knows, and correct me if I'm wrong, the last wine was the Nebbiolo. Right? The Centine. And this wine is the Barbera. Same vintage years? Yes. So now you're going to try a 2003 Barbera and a 2003 Nebbiolo. This is the. The hot year was 2003, right? Yes. Yes.
4: Yeah.
2: Sorry. Which for the Barbera and for the uh, Nebbiolo. Same year. All right. So tell me a little about this wine. Sorry for any confusion. You see, the previous one, the color was, was
4: lighter, this is still uh, quite
2: different. Mm. It's, a, it's a little bigger wine too. Um, all right, now is a good time to talk about this, because you work, we just discussed it, you work predominantly with two grapes and we've had a chance to taste a few um, Barberas and we had a Nebbiolo. Let's talk about each grape. Let me tap into your expertise and so everyone understands each grape. So let's start with the Nebbiolo, which is a thicker skin grape. Yeah. T- tell me about the grape and you know what kind of wine and then let's make a comparison to the Barbera. Uh,
4: Nebbiolo is, um, <clears throat> Is cultivated. I I call it um, the grapes of the Alps.
2: Nebbiolo. Yes. Of the Alps. Yeah.
4: Okay. Because is um, <clears throat> historically speaking was cultivated in, close to the Alps because it needs hot, but at the same time it need cooler situation. So, which it, is what night times? Night times, going down. And the main character is um, a bit spicy, and um, and very well balanced. Uh, Sometimes um, flavors of uh, violet or um, tobacco or so is. Um, Complexity, very, um, very easy to find. What about the tannins? Is uh, it pretty, pretty high, high you, level of so tannins? So it's a higher tannin yes, wine, and yes. All that, thanks. Which uh,
2: is good for ageability. Yes, of course. Good for food.
4: Good for food. Uh, and the antigen is uh, peonin, so it's not so strong. So the color. Can, can be affected by the oxygen and by aging. Now, what about
2: climate, the environment? Yeah. Can it handle rain, heat, is I mean, a, how does it do well where it grows? Yeah. How well does it do where it, it grows?
4: It's a vigorous variety, great varieties. And you can grow as well uh, in uh, rainy places, like in the Alps, because the the, the skin is very thick.
2: So, so a thick skin. Yeah. It's like a raincoat for the rain? <laughs> is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> it, it handles the rain, wet yeah, conditions yeah. better?
4: I would like less to... Rot or, absolu- okay. Less rot or... Absolutely. Less rot, yes. Yes
2: and a uh,
4: very vigorous plant so you can manage it easily it doesn't need demand so you have not to cut rognage uh, we, we call it in french but you have to leave uh, growing free
2: free growing right Now, talk to me about in the cellar. In the cellar... You've grown it in the vineyard. Now you're bringing it in. We're talking just Nebbiolo.
4: Yes. In the cellar, you you need um, uh, quite a long maceration. How long? How long means at least one month. Okay. Uh, And then just be careful for the oxygen. So you have to to be careful to to fill up completely your your, um, tonneau always and they compete a lot with uh, the the wood so no problem because it's satanic so so you are
2: aging it in larger
4: larger larger neutral oak absolutely we do not need we don't we do not want the wood
2: taste we are looking for the variety taste okay all right so now let's do a comparison to the other wine you make, which is a Barbera d'Asti, okay? Not, not same region, but not a similar grape. Let's talk about the differences. No,
4: completely different. Barbera is a gently variety, uh, much less vegetative vigor,
2: very thin skin. Not as vigorous? No, no. Is it a th- similar skin or a thinner skin? No, thinner, definitely okay. thinner. So, so that it makes it difficult?
4: Needs warmer climate, de- de- definitely warm and very dry as well. Um, is uh, a little imbalanced with sugar and acidity. Um,
2: so you need uh, really to write very well. So... I think you just answered it, but say it again. How do you control that? You control... Uh, in the, uh, on the vine in the vineyard? In the vineyard?
4: Yeah, experience, uh, you, you can do by, by a test, and the uh, best is to eat.
2: So does and that... And to look at the, the, at the seeds. What, when you look at the seeds, yeah. what are you looking for, uh, color? Looking for color? Darker, lighter?
4: Uh, uh, no, should be should be yellow and you, you can taste in your, in your mouth, and that's the best test
2: you can do. So is it, it's less tannic than Barolo? Barbera has
4: no tannin, no. It's one of the lowest level in, in many
2: variety. What about acidity?
4: Uh, the acidity uh, is, Lower. Pre- is pretty higher. So it's important to 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 give aging for the wine. But I, I give you an example: uh, if sugar content in Nebbiolo can reach uh, uh, 13 alcohol, the acidity in tartaric acid might be seven, seven point five.
2: Almost half.
4: Yeah. But in Barbera, 13 can be 10, 11. So it's definitely higher acidity.
2: Interesting. Um, the soils that Nebbiolo grows on and the soil that Barbera grows on. Is there much difference? No.
4: I would like to say I mean, geographically both.
2: and regionally we're not talking about Yeah, yeah but they they they, they So sp- it's not about the difference in soils. No.
4: Uh, Barbera can go to sandy soil as well. In sandy soil Nebbiolo doesn't make good good characteristics and, and mainly the, the color
2: so you stay is not sorry. so, is getting weak. All right, so are we gonna pour the 2007 now? So just so I'm on the right page, we just had the Centine 2003. No Barla. The Barla. I am so confused, even though I know what's going on. So we had the Barla, now we're gonna have the Centine 2007. No?
4: We are confused. That's fantastic, isn't it?
2: I'm so sorry. I was given a sheet with the lineup. 2009 mm. Centine. What do we have left? We have, we have a very special treat. We have a 1967 Barbera. That we're going to drink last. And we'll spend some time on that. But preceding that, we have how many wines left? Two? Okay, so we have the 2009 centine and the two... So let's do the 2007 Barla, and then we'll finish with the 2009. Sorry, I is a bit, what? a bit
0: messed. 2007 Barla? Barla, right?
2: Yeah. Okay. And then the centine is the 09? Yes. Yes. Uh, guys, is your sheet like mine, or is it... So we're all all over the place. Base. Okay. So it's not about the sheet, it's about the wines. Okay? And we'll make sure Lorenzo uh, clears that up. So we are drinking right now. Cheers, cheers everybody. We are drinking the the Barla.
4: The Barla 7.
2: Talk to me about this wine. 07. So the last Barla we had, I think, was the 03. Difference between the 03 and the 07. I mean, the beautiful thing about a tasting like this is to compare wines, especially the same wines. So 07 Barla compared to the 03 and characteristics of the 07. Yeah.
4: 07 was a a hot year, but but regular year was not... it was not too much in my my records. Um, was very short in rainfall, and um,
2: that's good, right?
4: Yeah, absolutely for 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 picking grapes. And uh, sorry. So good vintage here. Uh, more than good. More than yeah. Good. I like would like today one of al- the, almost uh, exceptional vintage.
2: Um, Seven, For Barolo two. Yes. Okay, so yes. it's just a great year in the region. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. For example, I have no no 2004. For example, that was weak and not not, not so good. convenient. Not Not different. Yeah, but this is. Um, Um, Yes. So
2: one of the things I notice about this wine, and stay with me guys, it's a very fresh wine. The other wine showed a little more age. This doesn't show it on the nose. There's a freshness. And don't forget, it's a 12-year-old wine. I mean, it almost tastes like it's from two years ago. Um, You don't have that, you have little of the nose from the older wines. But on the palate, very fresh. The food is, yes. you know, very forward. You can, you can. It hasn't settled down.
4: So probably seven is, is,
2: is, has not aged. I was just going to say, yeah, I would enjoy this wine now, but I think yeah. the benefits later on, I mean, how long can this wine sit in a cellar? I will tell you later. But if you had a, But if you had to guess...
4: Yeah, I mean th-
2: that can go 20 years
4: easily, easily for yes. sure. Because the other wines have shown that, but it's not a competition.
2: Huh? We can drink before. So, like we said, this is the Barla. This is the Barbera. Yes. Um, I would like to you say you said Barbera likes heat, right? <laughs> yes. And this was a hot year. Yes. So this is definitely, the
4: definitely, very of a lot of good things. I I forgot to tell you that Barla is a very old wine. Today is more than 90 years old. So
2: at this time it was uh, pretty old as well. So tell people, because a lot of wines on the labels or when they reviewed their old vines. what's the benefit to the wine of older vines and very old vines? Hmm. What does it do to the wine?
4: That's a great question. Um, I think uh, that roots play a fantastic role in the wine. When vines are getting old, there are a lot of roots and low vegetation. So the fruit is totally different from a young plant. What is it, more concentrated
2: or there's concentrated more Concentrated fruit? and the fruity fruit.
4: and some flavor you, you, you can't find in a young plant. That I'm, I'm very pleased to say that. So we should care more about uh,
2: old vineyard. The, the vines in your vineyards, there's not, very, there's not a lot of young vines in your vineyard. No. I mean, what's 30, 60 years old? No, m- much more. Uh, uh,
4: Barla now is 91. Uh, and. Uh, what about the Santine? Santine is 67.
2: Just a youngster.
4: Yeah, just, yeah. So these, these are <laughs> no, all but, old but, vine
2: wines. <laughs> and Lorenzo explained why.
4: No, but why? I, I I like to talk to you and to say that we have to care more about old. Vines. That is, uh, we should care much more about old wine. But the
2: only way to get old vines, yeah, have, obviously, is to care for them. Yes, you have to care more, right. like, like us. Right. You see. There, it's, it's no coincidence that. No, like me, sorry, you are uh, younger. Uh, mm. It's no coincidence in your vineyard because of the care you're able yeah, to do. Yeah, I'm sure the care
4: is, uh, we do not talk with, but uh, we care.
2: All right, so we don't have that much time left, and I think we have, what, a couple of wines left? So the last wine is – wait, what did you point to me? Oh, three wines left. So we are going to taste – I think that we should leave the older wines for the last two. The 2009 – 2009, yeah. Centine, which is the Nebbiolo. Nebbiolo, thanks, yes. I'm confusing you quite a lot. You're I? not confusing me. I've confused myself because I thought I was prepared and I'm not prepared or whatever. All right, so this is the Centine 2009. Thanks. This is Nebbiolo. Grazie. You know when you ask people who's your favorite kid and they go, you can't ask me that question? <laughs> and I have three kids and I don't have any favorites. Fantastic. But... Do you have a favorite between Nebbiolo and Barbera? Absolutely not. Not? Mm-hmm. Jesus. It depends. Where do I go with of, it this now? It depends
4: when and with who, you see. So now, I, this is traditional variety, so I like both. It depends when. But
2: when I like, when you're drinking them yeah like you're in the mood for food yeah, or that yeah, type yeah, of thing or yeah. the vintage yeah, but i remember not... the earlier wine you said it would be good to drink after a dinner or whatever yeah right. yeah
4: yeah for example barbera yeah is more uh, not easy but is uh, you drink and you drink again nebbiolo you drink you taste you do not drink
2: you taste so you know what it sounds like to me my oldest kid was easy to like raise, my middle kid, because he was a middle kid, was like a pain in the ass. Is, is, is that the Barbera, because it's thin-skinned and, you know, harder to... Is, can that be an analogy, or is Barbera a little more difficult to farm? What to answer to you, okay. not easy. All right, so let's talk about this wine.
4: You see the color. The color is declining.
2: Yes. Don't forget, we went from a younger wine to now back to an older wine. So keep that in mind, guys. So it's peonin. Still very fresh, though. Yeah. So in spite of the color. It's beautiful. And this was the vintage... What did you say, this was a hot vintage or? No, no that, it was well, that a was regular electric. vintage. So tell me about the vintage.
4: The vintage was um, not so hot, like uh, quite, uh, quite um, good yield uh, and, um, uh, and uh, has been quite a lot of rain before, before the harvest, I remember, 2009.
2: Not during flowering, no. just No, later no, lady right. on. And what does the rain do mid-late harvest? Um, all the year? No, when the grapes, after the horizon and the grapes are formed and it starts raining, what happens? It creates potential if rot?
4: Soy, if your soil is well prepared, Not a problem. Nothing.
2: That makes sense. All right, so we're running out of time. We have two wines left. We left two wines. Uh, one of them is a treat beyond treats. We're going to taste the uh, Barla 1996, um, which is a barbero, and we're going to taste the 1967. If you walked in and you saw those like dusty bottles, they just don't use those in movies. That's like real wine and all of that. Uh, so let's try the 96 barla which is the youngest barla you've tasted the uh, later vintages 19 nice 1996 barla barbera I got that right no it was a What are we drinking now
3: <laughs>
2: All right so we screwed up again. We didn't try this early on even though it said that. okay so this is the 96. We drank a, a 2012. okay we, we screwed up big time but let's just stay with the program. So this is this is the 96 barla. Sorry for any confusion. Lorenzo? No, I'm confusing you. No, 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 no. Okay.
4: Thank
2: you. All right, so can I have everyone's attention? Let's quiet down for a second. Um, let's stay in the moment. And the moment is that in front of you, and look at the bottle, this is the 1996. Uh, Barla. This is a Barbera d'Asti.
4: Who was born in 96? Uh, probably
2: a bunch of people in here. <laughs> no? 96, 2006. Yeah, you're right. Um, the nice thing about this is this is an aged Barbera. We'll talk about it. And then we will compare it to the last wine, which is the 1967, which is a Brico, which is a Barbera. So, Lorenzo, let's talk about this wine quickly. Let's get everybody up to speed on this wine. Everybody, this is a 96 Barolo.
4: Yes, Barbera. It was, a, <clears throat> it was a suitable year.
2: Suitable uh, being okay, means, not uh, bad, not great.
4: Was not exceptional, vintage. And uh, regular yield and late ripening. Period. I remember very well. So we were. So you picked later? We picked after 20 of October. We started 20
2: October 20. Uh, and that is because you waited for the sugars? Yes, for the balance, acidity, sugar. Yes. Is that one of the later picking dates you've Absol- had historically? Absolutely.
4: Absolutely. Okay. Barbera is a late ripening variety,
2: like Nebbiola as well. All right, so this is 96, 2000. this is a 23-year-old wine. It's yeah. still showing a lot of freshness. The color is beautiful. You know, it's got that typical Barbera. The edges are a little lighter. All right, let's get the last wine out here. And let's tell everyone the wine that we're... All right, so this is a treat. You're not going to get your hands on a a wine like this that often. This is a 1967. Um, Lorenzo pulled this out. Wait, hold on. We have to be special here. Lorenzo pulled this out from his cellar. There was actually no label on it. He put a centine label on it just to remind him. So this is gonna be I, I tried this a little earlier. This wine is gonna be different than anything that we've had so far, even with all the confusion. Um and Lorenzo's gonna talk us through it. So let's talk about 1967. Was that your first vintage or my right. father said to me, please go on. All right, so Good l- luck. so take it from there. So 1967, this wine, fifty-two years old. I was nineteen.
4: Uh-huh. Okay, go ahead. So it's the first vintage I did, and my father said, "Now is is your job." My he fa- said, "This is yours." Yes. Okay. And I was I was very happy, very very happy to because, jump right in. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, when you are uh, you are nineteen, uh, how many people
2: here nineteen? <laughs> Is anybody here 19? No. Nobody? Wait, you're not allowed to drink if you are.
4: I had a, a great father, a great, great father. He was really, uh,
2: yeah. So we had Sasha Radicon here earlier. Yeah, yeah. And he worked by his dad's side since he was 14. And then his dad unexpectedly passed away in 2016. And he carried the legacy on. So your experience with your dad, Oh, uh, was uh, enough where he engaged you to stay with this? I was fighting with my mother.
4: I was, I was what really... What were you fighting about? <laughs> <laughs> uh, my father was really a great friend, yeah, at that period, yeah. Was... So he had an influence in yeah, you Yeah, absolutely. He was, I think he was believing in me. Anyway. All right, so
2: let's go back to 1967. First vintage, important vintage to you. A treat, and old vintage. Tell us a little about the vintage itself. The vintage
4: Do you was, yes, absolutely. I remember because I was lucky, you see, for the first vintage was a very convenient year for vines, hot, um, just the rain during uh, the summer, some storms. And the perfect ripeness in Barbera. So I I was very lucky for my first vintage. Yeah, was because before we had uh, uh, 66, 65, 64 was great, but after 65 and 60 was medium, but 67 67
2: came back. Yes. Right. Not not much before. It was open uh, half an hour. Half an hour before. Just before. Now, let me ask you something. It's hard not to notice the nose if everyone puts it up to the nose. There's a quality to the nose. I hate to use this word, but there's almost like a petrol yes. uh, quality to it. Why is that there? I mean, is that... No, no Ryan Riesling on it. There you go. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> But no. it is there, so it's a very interesting nose. Yeah, thanks. But Be- the the palate does not reflect the. Um, I mean, the nose does not reflect the palate. The palate carries a little of the nose, but um, what else can we say about this wine?
4: In my opinion, is is a souvenir for me, but is declining.
2: It is. Now is the like time me, to Like do-
4: me, you see, we are getting You're not old. not We are getting old. But it's, um, it's, like, it's like a book in your library,
2: just to tell you your life, just to remember. I, 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 yeah. Lorenzo's right. By drinking a wine like this, it's a snapshot of vintages, Lorenzo's wife, the family, the winery. Um, we have to wrap everything up. Lorenzo? He's a, a souvenir. Yes. Most going beyond the taste. A most special it, it's souvenir. It's my souvenir uh, in the future. All right, so everybody, thank you for coming. Yes. Thank you you. Sorry. Sorry for any of the confusion about the wine. Remember one thing. It's not that you screwed it up, it's all about the wines. So regardless if they were in and out of order, you got to taste some of the greatest wines. Don't forget that Lorenzo has followed these practices his whole lifetime. We are drinking Barolos and Barberas from the 60s, 2000s, 90s. He doesn't use sulfur, he grows wine naturally. It just shows you that his commitment to the end product and the quality is amazing. Um, so certainly, thank you to Lorenzo no, thank for to bringing you these your, terrific your, your, your wines. Thank sure. you to everybody for coming out. We hope you enjoyed the wines, and we will uh, see you around and outside. Taste some more good wines. Thanks so Thank much. you. This program is powered by Simplecast.
1: Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you.